0: All right, happy happy hour, everybody. It's the Friday afternoon podcast. We've got ourselves a, a couple sparkling waters because we're hustling, baby. Let's get started. We got Hot Money Magnati on the program today. Yeah, buddy, you've downloaded Tropical Talk Radio, where we talk about all things entrepreneurship, travel, and lifestyle. If you're interested in more about this program, check out tropicalmba.com. And if you sign up for our mailing list, I will personally send you 50 free podcast episodes that take you along on our journey and expose the insider story on how we started a million-dollar, honest-to-goodness product business while we traveled the globe. There's a reason why we call you Hotline. Let's just get this out of the way. By the way, hot money is from adsenseflippers.com uh, and outsourcingforstartups.com. The new site, the new site and we're going to talk a lot about how that's how that's going to go down. But a lot a lot of people are like, "Man, you guys are really doing it in style." When I first came here, I was like, "Man, Magnati does it in style." Whoa, what's <laughs> up with that guy? And then I was like, I was impressed about how legit you guys were. You guys weren't over here um, you know, just doing a rinky-dink operation. I thought these guys are guys that have real business experience, and you've been around the block a couple of times, you know what I mean? Like, you guys had a mortgage business in California. Uh, of course, we both lived in San Diego. We're both from the East Coast. So we're both, you know, we're good people, but we're not nice guys. You know <laughs> yeah. <what I'm> <laughs> good, but nice. That's what I tell all the girls. <laughs> and, and then, you know, the other thing about it is, uh, oh, you guys also did uh, local SEO outsourcing. And okay, so Amazing background, but a lot of people have heard your story on the show. So I want to talk about outsourcing for startups and what you're aiming for there. Yeah, well, thanks for having
1: me on the show, sure. by the way. Of um, and Outsourcing for Startups is our new site where we're going to talk directly about outsourcing. So we had a lot of success with the AdSense Flippers model. And the reason why we had such great success is because we gave away the information for free. Okay. Um, all that. That knowledge that we wound up figuring out how to build these niche sites and how to make money online we said we'll just give that away for free because we know it's such a complicated labor-intensive process that eventually most people 90% of the people
0: are gonna give up and just say I want to buy the site right so now I'm gonna advocate for the audience which I know what they want to know for free from you because you, A lot of people that listen to this podcast, they want the kind of lifestyle that you have. You live in a luxury condo within walking distance to the beach. You have 30 employees. You travel whenever you want. We're here in this beautiful resort right now, just hanging out on a Thursday because we thought it would be fun. And so how? what is the magic? Like, How did you do that? You outsourced your job. So I want to hear this story because I did this too. And this is a process that if you want to come to a developing country like China, we'll focus on the Philippines today to and do it in a big way because there's the tmba model which is you come here you spend like 1500 bucks a month and you hustle up clients but then there's a joe magnati way which is you just show up on a jet plane and be like boom i'm here yeah and how to do that is to make your current company pay for it
1: okay that's what i love okay so if you especially if you're a mid-level or a low-level manager right now do not quit your job okay Wow. Ooh. Do not quit your
0: job. Why? Okay, I'm going to write that down. <clears throat> why Joe Magnati? That's like the, the the bumper for this episode is why Magnati says to keep your Dilbert job.
1: Yeah. Okay. okay. If, if you've got those three to 15 people working underneath you, I absolutely know there are some cycles in there that can be outsourced. And you need to convince your company. You need to convince your boss. Yes why they should be outsourced
0: and why you should have control of that outsourcing. It's a little bit of a political So game. we're talking about K- KPO here, baby. What we're saying is basically the Philippines is the second largest English-speaking country in the world. We live in the first largest speaking. In, and there's in between those two countries, if you were to draw a, an economic rope between the two, it would be like a downhill slide. So why not take advantage of the arbitrage opportunity? Why do we have 15 people picking up phones in this country and we could have... 20 people picking up phones over there for a quarter of the price right
1: right exactly and i companies are really hip to that i mean they have been for the last 20 years almost yes um you know it started with very basic customer service outsourcing and then it moved on to telemarketing outsourcing and then it moved on to the really basic sort of knowledge workers but now it's around a whole bunch of stuff so especially if you manage you know people that sit in a room all day uh, and work on spreadsheets and they have the kind of job that can be done from home and maybe they even do work a couple of days from home already because the CFO found that, that he was able to save some overhead that way. Yeah. You take it the next step and you say, hey, I found a way to even reduce those costs even more. And maybe you're not how, you're not making anyone lose their job here, but maybe the company's looking to scale the process. Maybe you need Absolutely. more people. And instead of going out there on Monster, getting all these resumes, doing all these interviews. I
0: love this. It's not always ne- a slash and burn thing. So I'll tell you a story of how I did it. I was like, in 2007, we were on, man, I forget. I think we were on a static site and we were having 400 unique visitors a month. And I said, if we want to grow this company, you know what we should do? We should put our site on the Drupal. But here's the problem. A Drupal developer in California costs $70,000 a year. Now. Drupal is so powerful that we could have thousands of people coming to our website every month if we just got it onto a database-driven system. Now, you know, in a, in a great world, in a great economy, eventually maybe we'll have 10 Drupal developers in America managing the back office, but if you just give me that $70,000, right? So this is kind of, just, plus the budget we already spend on, on advertising, I just need one plane ticket, and I'm gonna take that $70,000 and I'm gonna hire three developers. I'm gonna hire the PHP guy to do the Drupal install. I'm gonna hire a full-time graphic designer in order to do all the design. And by the way, that's gonna take all the weight off of your current designers. They don't wanna design BS. They don't wanna do in-design layouts and stuff that you just need day-to-day sales flyers, new logos. You want your best designers back in California doing the client work, right? right. Okay, so for the, for the price of one hypothetical growth, Now, all of a sudden, you get three to four employees. Plus, you make one of your best people, Mister. say I got a guy named Joe Magnotti working for me. He's he's one of my best guys. But he comes to me and says, you know what? I'm so passionate about this opportunity. And you know what? I don't want to sit here with one Drupal developer. Why don't we have a team yesterday? Let's have four people working on this project. And you know what? I believe in it so much, I'm willing to get paid half to do it because it's cheap living in the Philippines. I'm more interested in the project than the money. Yeah, and and that's... What you would do is say, why don't you pay me double? <laughs> Maybe not double, but yeah.
1: No, I, I talk about our story a little bit more. You know, Justin and I were managing groups. I managed a group of about 30, 35 people. He managed a group of 40, Now, how did you get people. that job? Is
0: it just a, like a Craigslist hustle kind of thing? Show up for an interview?
1: Um, Justin went to go work for the local SEO and company first, and then I followed. Um, he was hired at customer service. I was hired at production. We quickly rose through the ranks. They saw that they needed good management in place, um, and they
0: kept promoting us, Got and it. they kept expanding. Um so you've got to be someone who's creating results in order to get this done. If you're Absolutely. The, if you're the guy hiding away in the corner of the office, like trying to get by on nothing, forget about it. No yeah. one's going to trust you. And no one and no one underneath you either. Then, yeah, it's going to be a
1: little bit more of a tough sell. So I, w- I would not recommend this strategy for that. But if you do, if you're that team leader type uh, and you have a, even just a small number of people underneath you, your boss would be hip to something like this especially sure. if you're willing to put in some of the cost savings of yourself and that's what Justin and I did when we did the outsourcing for this local SEO company is we re- we did reduce our salaries we yeah. put our salaries into the outsourcing in terms of a management fee and showed how paying us a management fee which actually didn't cut our salaries at all but cut the overhead for the company cuz they didn't have to pay our taxes Beautiful. they didn't right. have that's to pay such our a great insurance loophole. So now they're actually paying less to have the
0: two top mid level managers in their team. That's precisely what I did. It's a beautiful loophole to take advantage of. So I'm glad you brought that up. I totally forgot about that move. Um, this is what companies look for when they cut costs and they outsource
1: it's not just dollar for dollar, it's overhead, insurance, office space computers, all that kind of stuff. I mean one of the things that companies don't want to do is they don't want to own offshore companies. They don't want to have to manage all that. They don't want to they just wanna
0: know that there's a unit over there getting stuff done. But sometimes I look at this Joe and I wonder like, you know, there's a lot of people that might be lying to themselves if they want to be an entrepreneur. And, and, you know, marketing starts with your boss. Your boss is your first client, right? So a lot of people are like, well, I don't really like what I, I don't really wanna do that, I don't wanna do that. Well, who's gonna wanna follow you? Who's gonna wanna trust you? Who's gonna follow your pen? So there's two issues. Number one is marketing. Imagine if you got on AdSense Flippers podcast and you were like, I wasn't really that excited about this stuff this week, really. You know what I mean? Like, no one will trust you. Yeah. Okay, so that's the first thing. You have to have people trust you, which means you have to be doing the work, you have to be enthusiastic, and just being honest with yourself. If you're not happy with your job, get out of it, get into something that is an opportunity for you, and evolve it to where you want it to be. That's industry, yeah. industriousness, just in general, right? It is.
1: And, But I would also say, you know, moving it to a place where you're happy about it, that's kind of cool. Like, if it, if you have something that's halfway decent, start there. Build on that rather than quit your job and start all over from nothing. I think that's that's a harder foundation to build on. Now, there is something to be said about the guy that gets the monkey off his back and he has the more sure. free time and he has the more stuff. Hey, I, I get that. I understand it. But if you have even some sort of core that you can work with right now, try to leverage those yeah. contacts, that situation. That
0: That's even what we do as entrepreneurs. Right. It's the same move. So if you, if you jettison all that... Um, you know, you better have something to, you're going to need something to replace it and having a job is an extraordinary, powerful position. You know, you're in that position. I don't know what you were getting paid at the time, but it was a lot of money for that company. They already are getting ROI on you or they've made that decision as an institution, right? So then you come to them. I mean, so there's another thing with this deal is, is hard to cut for people who aren't good at making deals. And part of the thing, there's two elements to making a deal that a lot of people miss. A lot of people try to cut deals with me. And, and one of the things that they do is they don't explain to me how it's going to work out. So if you wanna make a deal with somebody, you have to show them how you think it's going to work out. Yeah, how it's valuable to them, not just you. In concrete terms, like by the way, if like in my case, I was saying, if on Drupal, um, then here are the costs. And if twelve months from now we execute on this, based on this data point, of it, and by the way, PowerPoint simple. Don't get nerded out on them. I wasn't talking about, you know, how many Twitter followers we had or something like that. I was talking about look, ninety six slides. That's the last thing your CFO wants to be watching. <laughs> I was talking very specifically, you know, like you were saying, you know. So one of the things you do is you anchor your deal. So. If we want this kind of success, it's going to cost us this much here. But if you send me to the Philippines or to China or to Taiwan or whatever, it'll cost the same amount over there. Okay. So you anchor. And then the second step is to clarify where they're going to be. If we're over here, all we're going to have is a Drupal website and we spent hundred thousand dollars. If we're over here and we spent hundred thousand dollars, we've got a Drupal website and 11,000 unique visitors a month which if we're already deciding that our, our website is giving us ROI at 500 visitors a month, I mean, you're talking about an incredible upside potential. Um, and so so that's one, so that's all, you know, I could go on. For, about
1: yeah, make- I think that's a great two-step process to getting the ball rolling uh, and making sure that you have something concrete to go with to your corporate team. What Justin always says when we put these deals together Uh, is win-win. That's his policy and I've kind of adapted that and man, I really think it works. It has to be win-win for both
0: sides. It can't be any derp deals like where, I mean, one of the biggest mistakes people make is they make it too much about them. Like, I really want to go to the Philippines. When you tell me how bad you love the Philippines specifically, I was there one time and I went on vacation and I'm crazy about pork sisig. You know what I'm doing as a CFO? I'm thinking, uh, (laughs) this is, I'm not trusting you anymore because this isn't some, but instead it's like, If you could frame it so that your passion for the Philippines has allowed you uniquely to identify an opportunity that nobody else is taking advantage of. So this is another deal making technique, which is scarcity. So you anchor what you know because you love the Philippines to what all your competitors don't know, which is, Hey, over the next year, X, Y, and Z companies are going to go out and they're going to hire the Drupal developer or they're going to continue to expand their offices here in Southern California.
1: Yeah, and I would also say a, a little caveat to that is is the option sort of deal plan, right? Where you say, yeah, there's Vietnam, there's Thailand, um, there's Indonesia, and and there's the Philippines. And here are the pro and cons of all. And this is really why the Philippines is the best. You put the
0: Philippines in the middle. Yeah. And the other thing you could do is... Uh, Getting the deal is the most important part. It's kind of like getting someone on a recurring payment, right? It's like, that's the most important element of that sale. So you could say, uh, in three months, we're going to have this requiem where we're going to have a conference call. I'm going to deliver on these. And it's kind of like, Hey, if it's a bust, you know, we don't have any long-term commitments there. There's no extra cost we have to pay. We're not going to build a building or anything like that. So it's only 90 days. But what are the chances that they're going to rope you in after 90 days and you're already on the ground, you've already freed up your time from your job, you're already making relationships with entrepreneurs that are on the ground. So that's one of the other things is do you remember that experience of like, you know, going from an office setting to getting on the ground here in the Philippines. It's all of a sudden like even though well you're an entrepreneur. Yeah. The it, moment you get off the plane, you're an entrepreneur, right? Yeah, and it's a little bit scary
1: because when I got here I had one customer. Right. I had one customer, a dedicated customer who had 23 agents with us. So that was nice, but I knew that my number one priority had to be to get new customers and I had no idea how to do it. Right. So, you know, I was just like leveraging contacts and hitting LinkedIn and, and talking to people I knew and, <laughs> you know, all this kind of stuff. And that's, that's kind of bringing it back home to uh, outsourcing for startups. That's why when we did start to launch AdSense Flippers um, and we figured out that whole marketing sales funnel... Now we're trying to use that sort of marketing style for outsourcing. And I think it could be really powerful because we've, the operational side of outsourcing, right? We've got that down pat. I I know that really well. And so I can provide great deal of value to people, but I think nobody knows that because we don't really talk about it. So that's why I just have to have. So I want to
0: talk about it because, you know, my audience is just super pumped about making the entrepreneurial switch. Um, and in a big way, and they could potentially partner with you on some of this stuff. So I'd, I'd be interested in talking about the kinds of deals that you guys are looking to attract with outsourcing for startups. Um, there's, And these are the kinds of deals that people placed in American corporations could cut. right? So you could potentially accelerate this kind of thing we're talking about. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. I mean, what we're looking to do at Outsourcing for Startups is help those that need three, four, or more people to outsource. I mean, that's the ultimate goal is I wanna help these small funded companies that are medium-sized companies uh, deliver their outsource needs. And I'm gonna do that one of two ways. One way is is a service, an a la carte productized service where they pay for stuff as they need it, okay? Right. And that's kind of the low-end service offerings that we're gonna have in outsourcing for startups. The other part is gonna be the You really realize that you need a dedicated staff. You need that, you know, it takes four people plus to handle chat support 24 by seven, okay? Right. And you know that you have one guy managing it in the US, he's going crazy, he's working eight hours a day, but you need to go 24 by seven, you can't afford it. You outsource those four people to me, you still have it run by the guy in the US, and I help you are, take a cost down to a, a
0: reasonable level. So you kind of like are the factory guy a little right. bit, right? So like you're the guy that you have buildings, you have staffing, you have computers, plug in, boom, go. So are there people in the Philippines that are getting hip to this productized thing? Like, why isn't anybody going out there and saying, you just identified a fantastic niche, 24 hour a day customer service. Why isn't that a like a buy now button on a website somewhere? Or of course it would be, it's a consultative sale, but why? You know are you guys this is the only guys doing that right now yeah I
1: mean as far as I know yeah um, of course there are a lot of other services out there that could offer this kind of thing um, but a lot of them are either middlemen or they don't really have boots on the ground so yeah. they're way too expensive for startups um, for people that are just getting involved in outsourcing um, or you know they are coming from the other end they're a Filipino run company and not that there's anything wrong with that but they're more interested in uh, in, they're very price sensitive. So they're trying to make it cheap, 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 cheap. Yeah.
0: And the value that they provide is not up to snuff to American standards. Right. So that brings up another interesting point, which is that, you know, people have been talking about outsourcing to the Philippines. It's been a buzz term for a long time. You know, the voice industry has been here for decades. But, you know, in terms of this KPO chunking off big portions of we were talking a little bit today about optimization versus arbitrage, and it's really turning more optimization, which is the Philippines is just flat out a better place to have a bunch of data crunchers. It's just flat out a better place to have a bunch of people doing 24 seven chat support. So if you've got a company in the US that isn't, you know, doesn't have staff in the Philippines for those functions, you are potentially you have exposure there. So part of the point that's interesting to me is that there's never been a better time to do these deals there's never been more insistence, there's never been more visibility on it. So if you see this as an opportunity for yourself to come here and do this kind of stuff, I mean, you know, this is a way to do it big. Yeah, and there's the technology has never been better. I mean,
1: we have grown so much in the last 10 years in terms of computing power and internet speed, just around the world and, and the services and the stuff available. I mean, it's it's almost like the guys in the next room. Uh, you can call them on Skype. You yeah. can you can do all these stuff for free, basically. And there are all these services that can allow you to share software. so that you don't have to buy extra licenses,
0: stuff like that. If you're in the engineering space or something like that, um, and it's amazing too how like this this technology is now disseminating throughout the provinces, where you're in the third city, right. but you can see that like Dumaguete has a couple call centers opening up, and and that it's not going to take too long. To which we might be able to mobilize this 100 million people, you know, as a, this incredible virtual office solution.
1: Yeah. I mean, in the 90s, right, it was just all about voice because that's really all they could do. on right. um, you know, the te- technology. Well, had they was, had
0: to be in Makati, too, in order to get on the freaking fiber line or whatever. You right.
1: Know? You know, they had that one tunnel from from here under the water all the way over to California. Which was still
0: occasionally shut off, <laughs> I've heard.
1: Right. I've heard the families that could... T- anyway. That's a-
0: <laughs>
1: it's just crazy stuff. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I just think that the, the software services that are out there right now, um, we use them all the time because we have some high .net, high-end .NET, high .NET developers that work for one of our customers. Yeah. Uh, and they, they have a VPN tunnel, and they work from a computer in the States, in Salt Lake City, as if they were right there working from the office. Yeah. And there's no difference. So the security
0: problems, all the licensing problems, all the issues go away. All right. So... We've talked about outsourcing your job and outsourcing your startup. We haven't yet talked about outsourcing your life, which is something interesting that, uh, you know, a lot of people, I think, when they fantasize about moving to a place like the Philippines, they think a lot about that lifestyle element, like the doon-dick-a-doon-dick, I'll take another Mai Tai, or whether that's just the adventure of it, you know. Um, But This is the fun part, right? Yeah. This is the fun
1: part, but it's also serious at the same time, because... As an entrepreneur, you need a lot of time just to think. You know, you need a lot of time to do. It's creative in that um, you need to find creative solutions for the problems you have. Right. Um, and you know, like marketing and sales. So, any time that you're using to do the laundry or cook or food shop or clean the house, I mean, that's that's time better vested in your company.
0: The other day. Uh, I guess like a month ago I came to visit you and it was really cool because, um, you know, we're both doing the paleo diet quite a bit and your maid um, was taught to cook like these beautiful paleo meals. And it's kind of cool. Like you just set up a process for like how she shops, you know, how much money it costs and where she gets recipes, how she learns the recipes and then boom, I'm having like a ridiculous steak with tapenade sauce and it's, it's, it's healthy and it's amazing. And the other thing that we did is we went to your, your fitness trainer, and we did boxing and stuff and and it's so cool it's kind of like it's a system that you opt yourself into it's like i'm gonna go to this boxing trainer and it's not gonna be up to like oh did i feel like working out today right yeah your boxing trainer is gonna be standing there like what the hell man yeah and you know
1: it cost me less than five bucks for for to have a a junior weight champion olympic champion guy train me to do boxing in the philippines so that's just like an unbelievable value that if I don't take advantage of that I'm kind of crazy the same thing with basketball you know I started my own basketball league here <laughs> six teams I bought uniforms I'm the commissioner I'm a team owner and I'm a player <laughs> there, there is that
0: like, there is that element to living in the Philippines which is that you can live like a baller at a much lower level I mean if I would say like to me I always tell people You know, if you get one of these back office deals and your employer sends you here and you make $50,000 a year, it's like you have joined the wealthy class where you could fund a basketball game. I mean, you threw a boxing match in a freaking real arena. for Yeah, uh, you know, a a 1,200 or
1: 2,400 person arena. We rented out. We got uh, nine matches. I was the main event. Uh, We did it all for charity. We gave the tickets away except for
0: foreigners who had to pay for their... What's um, interesting is, but by being a part of this like optimization trend, you know, you know, we might not have been wealthy when we got here, but we're definitely building the systems and the businesses that I mean, we could transfer anywhere at this point. You know what yeah, I Yeah. Mean? So- and
1: if you're not taking advantage of that while you're here, I really think you're missing out um, to just either stash that money away or to blow it on on the crazy stuff, yeah. um, you know, like a new computer and new toys or, you know, crazy trips to Europe or something like that when you can have these, these fundamental great experiences and and outsource your life and not have to worry about all that time,
0: effort, and money. It's so, so you cheap were sort of thrust this. I mean, if you were to move back to the United States, I'm assuming you'd take a lot of these lessons with you. And Yeah, I mean... And you can't get back to grocery shopping. You just can't be there if you're going to be...
1: I can't imagine doing that. I mean, I went back in, in 2011 to go see my mom and, you know, I, I, I left my dishes out and I didn't do my laundry and never made my bed. And she was like, what the hell happened to you? You know, yeah. <laughs> so um, you you definitely uh, forget about that stuff after living here for a while. But it has made me such a better entrepreneur and boss because all that extra time, I, I just have to focus either on on myself and my body and making my, my, my mind and my body sharper,
0: which helps my business. You know, I think it's really fascinating content. I hope that you guys build out this um, employer partner situation where you could help train people on your site. Give it away for free. It's like, hey, you can work with uh, TriBPO, which is your sort of core factory company. Uh, human resources company you'd say or whatever Um, or you know you could learn from us about how you could uh, set up the same thing so that's is it going to be Joe at uh, outsourcingforstartups.com
1: yeah that will also work Uh, we have a contact page on outsourcingforstartups too that will go both Justin and I um, so you can always reach us there but that's going to be the key thing with the content Uh, Dan we're going to be Showing you, if you want to set up your own Filipino corporation, if you want to run an outsourcing team, if you want to hire people here, we're going to give show you how to do that step by step, actionable steps, just like we did at AdSense Flippers when you want to build niche sites. That's so cool. We're going to do the exact same thing for free. We're going to put together a seventy-eight page guide and show you how to do all this stuff.
0: Yeah, and it's a real opportunity, and uh, I hope that more great people come to the Philippines and help out this country. I mean, it's uh, not that I mean it needs our help or something like that, but it's it's cool thing to come do. Um, and there's, good jobs are needed in this country and there's people that are educated and willing to work hard. So it's a good time, yeah? Yeah. Hey everybody, thanks for listening. Don't be shy. We've got a mailing list. Check it out at tropicalmba.com. Get yourself signed up and we'll keep you up to date on everything we do. Plus give you those 50 free podcast episodes. If you want to say, hey, check me out on Twitter at tropicalmba. We'll see you soon.